here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get into your mouth, and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. That's right. And sometimes you laugh. It is Doc Noise and Mr. E for yet another exciting episode of Scary Noises. This one, the 1986 Night of the Creeps. Which some would consider to be the best B-horror movie of all time. More or less, yes. Uh, directed by Fred Decker, who the year after went on to do Monster Squad. Uh, another one of those movies that... Uh, this movie also did not do great in the theater. But funny how VHS and DVD is where it became super super popular and a, uh, a cult hit. That right up there with uh, Monster Squad. He was also involved in everything from The Predator, RoboCop 3, Star Trek Enterprise. He was a producer on Tales from the Crypt episodes. A little bit of everything, but it started with Night of the Creeps. Good uh, mix of actors here, even a couple that uh, you may not know by name, but you'll know as soon as I say what movie's in in the face. Uh, Chris, the main character, is played by Jason Lively, who the previous year was on National Lampoon's European Vacation. As Rusty. Yes, he he played it in the second movie. They had somebody else for the third. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall was in the first one. You have Jill Whitlow playing the uh, the main girl character, Cynthia. Steve Marshall playing uh, Chris's friend, JC. And we've not done a lot of episodes, but this actor is already back again. Uh, and he says this is his favorite movie he ever did. That being Tom Atkins as Detective Ray Cameron. Has some of the best lines, has some of the best... Uh, Funny lines and and just quips and things like that through the through the movie and uh, absolutely fantastic. So uh, one of those again this this movie a five million dollar budget when it when it was set up did not do great in the theater. It was what they call a limited release back then. It wasn't put out across the country, so it didn't make. Make it good, and then what was even weirder too, as I was as we were researching this, is somebody some movie theaters put it out with a different title, like the ads. It's like, how the hell do you do that? Because the 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 director and the the company putting it out should have uh, should have put that out there. But yeah, it's it's weird how some of of uh, that stuff works. 
but but this is a definitely an 80s, 100% 80s top to bottom. Even if we didn't tell you when this movie was made, if you went to watch it, you'll just by looking at, at what people are wearing, how they're dressed, how they carry themselves, it is 100% uh, 80s. Some of the other neat things about this, because the, uh, the, the director was a huge fan of horror, all the last names of the main characters are famous horror sci-fi directors. Chris, his last name is Romero. You have uh, one of the other one. JC is James Carpenter Hooper for Toby Hooper, John Carpenter. Uh, Cynthia, who is the uh, Cindy, is uh, Cronenberg for David Cronenberg. Detective Ray Cameron, that being the famous James Cameron, who did Aliens. And, and many other movies. Detective Landis, John Landis, Sergeant Raimi, <gasps> Sam Raimi. My personal favorite. Yes. So uh, that that's kind of a neat little uh, homage to all those people. Uh, the, the story of this movie is these alien slugs. And how do we know they're alien? Because within the first three minutes of the movie, you see midget, Aliens running through a ship with no clothes on, chasing another alien, and you you do see alien butt crack, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> little these little naked aliens uh, running through the ship, chasing another one. Got a tube in his hand. We don't know what it is, but he uh, gets in another room as these other two are, are chasing him, shooting at him, and then he pushes a button, and then you see this tube flying through the air, uh, heading toward Earth. We uh, once we get to that, we get a great shot, and and even what was really stupid with this is is the production company or the 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 um, you know it was not Universal Pictures, but the the company that was doing it originally wanted the whole movie shot in black and white, which is really stupid. Yeah, what it's it's the eighties. Nobody wants to watch a black and white movie like that. I get what they were going for, but it. Would not work for a movie this just, I don't even know how to describe it. Interesting, B, funny, horror, sci-fi. Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> but once the once they cut from the, the uh, alien ship, it is in black and white. Why? Because they're in the 50s. They, they started the movie in black and white. They're showing 50s cars and... And this guy goes and picks up a girl at a frat house, and they go to looks like like Lover's Lane, things like that. And then they see a comet go flying over their heads and, and go into the woods. So, so that, like everything else, they decide to, you know, let's just go check it out. As they do, the boyfriend goes in the woods. The girlfriend's sitting in the car by the side of the road, and they hear the, she hears the radio of a psycho killer, axe murderer about. Well, he goes and investigates this thing in the woods, and as he finds this cracked open meteorite, something jumps in his mouth, cuts away from him. We cut to uh, her being chopped up into pieces, an officer showing up on scene, and then him waking up from a uh, a, a nightmare there. This This mo- movie has so many... Great quotes. Uh, Tom Atkins gets, I think, gets most of them. Uh, he uh, even does, 
his tagline throughout this, and it's now made T-shirts and all kinds of stuff, especially if you're a fan of the 80s, is his tagline... Thrill me. Yes. Which has a surprisingly low count of only six times used in the movie. Yeah, I thought that would actually be uh, be a lot more as well, but um, it is it is a little surprising that, uh, um, that there was so few. So it, it's funny, though, is he... He uh, answers the phone. He he get it again. He's a he's a detective with a with a bad attitude. The typical eighties cop in in movies like this. Uh, so as he answers the phone, we getting a call from his uh, one of his other officers. We we've got to play this wonderful quote. Thrill me, Detective Cameron. No, Bozo the Clown. <laughs> He just he references stuff like this and and I don't what, think he's serious at any point in the movie. He is, but he but he isn't. Is the he's all he's always playing it straight, but he never leave he never leaves out a chance to make a reference or a quote. No, no, and you're and you're exactly right. And Tom Atkins, uh, like like I said. Uh, he was in Halloween three. We just rev- we reviewed that not long ago, and and he's done some other stuff. But like you said, this is his his absolute favorite uh, movie. He said he's done the the making of is God is hours long. It's phenomenal. But the like I said, the, the overall thing of this is you have have alien brain parasites. Otherwise, they look like slugs running around. So. This is all set on a college campus in the 80s, and you can tell by the big hair on the girls and the interesting outfits and the big hair on the guys. So they, as it's set in a backdrop here, JC and Chris decide they they have seen this girl, uh, Cynthia. Chris wants to meet her, and then they go to a frat party. Of course, it's a typical 80s frat party. You have the jocks over there. They... Disco, booze, you know. Yeah, the, the likes. Big hair, uh, blonde guys, just everything screams 80s. Like I said, if you didn't know when this movie came out, you would know for sure. So the the betas, which are the the um, Greek house, tell these two they are to steal a body and put it on the front lawn of another Greek house. So they end up in the basement of the the college campus, which just happens to have all this stuff there. They get in, find a room that has a uh, body cryogenically frozen in the corner. You know, just normal college studies. Yes, in his tidy whities by the way. So they, they find a way to turn this machine off. Uh, it's marked that it was in the 50s. Turn this machine off. They open the door. The body falls out. And as they're looking at it, the body grabs one of their arms. They go running and screaming. They go taking off. The, 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 there's another person supposedly watching the lab who walks in. And also, this guy grabs him. And then it's all we see at that point. Then Detective Cameron gets the phone call you just heard where he answers as, uh, as Bozo the Clown goes to check out the what is uh, what is there and drops another one of his fun lines. Detective Cameron? No. 
Bullwinkle Moose. Thrill me. Throw me number two in the equation there. So they tell him uh, there was there's a body here, and then he he clips back with you told me there were two bodies before. Rips into to why they didn't watch the bodies. Where did one go? And as as this night progresses, the one body ends up showing up at the sorority house. Happens to be somehow get on the second floor balcony. And taps on a window. The uh, Cynthia opens the window, sees this very creepy guy or zombie, actually, holding flowers, and all of a sudden his head explodes, and these little creatures go all over the place. Which makes me wonder, what would this guy have done if there was nobody home? I guess just exploded his head and, and left, and they'd have found him on the uh, a very disappointing head explosion. Yes. So as these, you keep seeing these, and, and they always make a little funny squealing noise. You see these little slugs going all over the place. Uh, Cynthia goes to tell uh, Chris and JC what she saw. They kind of believe her, but not really. And Detective Cameron is is lurking close behind. Just kind of picking up on what's going on. Uh, interacts with Chris after he followed them and kind of heard the whole story. Kind of uh, as as you heard in the trailer there. So really not believing it. Then uh, JC gets infected with one. Chris is off doing other things. Uh, JC happens to be going to the bathroom. And a janitor who had been infected with these parasites happens to go to the bathroom too. His head explodes. JC hears things moving around. And one one interesting thing about JC in this movie, and the and the director says he did it because he wanted to, is JC's using crutches the whole film, uh, like he has a, a disability. So when JC hears these slugs in the bathroom, he ends up setting one on fire. It explodes and kind of melts. But then as he's trying to get out of the bathroom stall, he falls, and then is uh, one of these things gets in him. But in his case. He's able to keep his mental uh, facilities about him f- or faculties about him for a little while so he can record a goodbye message to Chris and then tells him that, that fire kills them and he's going off to to set himself on fire or burn himself up. Because he does, we do find his body um, in a in boiler, boiler room. room. So he was trying to do ultimately, hopefully, end all that. Didn't work out too well, though. No, no, definitely not. So Chris decides to go visit uh, Detective Cameron, who, by the way, is about to blow himself up. He's sitting there playing with a lighter. He has the gas stove on. And in in this part of the, the sub-story of this is with Detective Cameron is back in the 50s, the girl at the beginning of the movie that was chopped to pieces by the axe murderer was his girlfriend, and he was the cop at the time. We found out that he chased down this axe murderer on his own, uh, killed him with a shotgun, and then buried him on the property of the sorority house. The As that's going on, uh, the, the slugs going all over the place happened to get underneath where this this person buried, which is actually buried under the now-built uh, sorority mother's house. 
So they, the slug gets in there. What's left of this axe murderer busts through the floor, kills the sorority mother, and Detective Cameron is uh, is helping out look for him now. When they do find him, he's nothing but a skeleton carrying an axe. All these other cops see him, shoot at him, shoot just like like in the other movies when it's a zombie or something, you shoot holes through him and the light shines through to know that these bullets aren't working. And then, of course, Detective Cameron levels a shotgun at his head, blows him up, and the slugs again go everywhere. And no one tries to shoot at these strange brain slugs that just no, pop out of a dead man's Step skull. on them, nothing. They just watch him go sliding away. It's like, okay, if there's something, something you've just seen, and maybe it's just because you're too shocked, you've just seen a zombie guy walking with an axe, looking at you, his head explodes, and these things come out. Maybe you ought to try and do something with it. You would think at least Detective Cameron would start thinking, hmm, these slugs might have something to do with a little something. Yes, then after that point is when uh, Chris t- uh, does meet back up with him to tell that that his friend JC died by these things and they needed to do and told him that that fire is what what uh, does kill them. So they make a visit to what what I I, I don't know how often this happens where the the police department has um different weapons than normal because uh, it's just like you could you could just walk into any police station request this stuff and what's even better is who's behind the counter handing out these weapons that would be Dick Miller who who also was in Gremlins was also the he was the uh, played Mr. Fetterman who was run over by the the uh, Gremlins driving the tractor. He was also behind the gun counter in the Terminator movie, who was shot and killed by the Terminator when he's shopping for weapons. So he's been around a little. Uh, even somebody else who was uncredited uh, in the movie, uh, a name you might recognize, Greg Nicotero, who has done uh, the Walking Dead. And other things, uh, Shane Black. So, uh, uh, some a lot of people in this. And the other interesting part about this too, and and if you go on YouTube, has all the the behind the scenes stuff, is the special effects crew that was hired had done a lot of big movies and stuff, but they didn't have money to hire a bunch of like background sorority uh, or not sorority guys, but Greek guys uh, to be in here. So they took the roles. So they were able to do all the special effects makeup. On themselves. Which is, it works out fine. It looks great. But one of the guys in particular, which isn't like super strange, but where all these guys are clean shaven and could pass for college age, one guy has a full mustache. Like a, uh, a 70s porn stash, which actually fit in 86. So so actually not too bad. You, you being as young as you are would, if you saw a lot more pictures of that era, you would see a lot more of those. So as... They're visiting the police station. We cut to all these other Greek guys getting on a bus to to meet up for a, a dressy dance, uh, some kind of uh, like a prom type thing for for the college. 
all on a bus, everybody drinking heavily. And as the bus driver's cruising down the road, there's a dog in the middle of the road. They zoom in and realize it doesn't look right as the bus driver, instead of hitting the dog, grabs the wheel and hits a pickup truck uh, that was even parked weird on the side of the road. And if Whew, you watch one. and if you watch the, the scene closely, I don't know why they did this, but the bus driver's eyes right before they when they, they show him about to hit the thing, they cut back to the bus. The bus driver's eyes are huge like a cartoon. It almost looks like um large marge in yes. um, Pee Wee's big adventure. Yes. That uh, uh that is absolutely correct. So We'll go back to the police station here because they realize they need better weapons. And, and here's uh, uh, Detective Cameron and Dick Miller as the, uh, the, the weapons officer. Hi, Walt. Well, 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 Detective Ray Cameron, son of a gun, is that really you? Yeah, it's me, all right, Walt. How's about you? Hey, can't complain. Cannot complain, Raymond. Hiya, Split. That's a pretty fancy set of duds you got on there. What is it, Halloween or something, Ray? Did I miss something? Hey, kid, I'm only kidding. So, what can I do you for? Well, the thing is, uh, Walter, what I need is... I need your basic flamethrower. What? What did you say? Yes, he said he needed a flamethrower. Which, it really threw me off. He said basic flamethrower. Yeah. What is an advanced flamethrower right. look like? So we'll go, we'll go back to the police station here. Flamethrower. <laughs> flamethrower. <laughs> flamethrower. Jesus. What's the matter? The old snub nose ain't good enough for you anymore? Uh, I know. I know. Just break out the old heavy artillery, will you, Walt? One BB gun and one flamethrower. There you go. Uh, by the way, you gotta watch out for this baby. Once you like the pilot, it goes out and it plays hard to get like a son of a bitch. Thanks. So, yeah, so he walks into the, basically in the other room where he's got shotguns and, and uh, handguns and stuff on the uh, on the wall there and, and walks out with a World War II backpack flamethrower. Doesn't even question. I know a lot of police officers. I'll have to start asking them, hey, do you guys have one of those in, in your arsenal in case you need to call it in? I don't think even most military bases would have just a flamethrower on hand. Well, this one, whatever this police department does, we're well prepared for everything. So, yes, they did have one. and uh, Well, I suppose he did have to deal with the Terminator, so yeah. he's been through it. He must know. So, so JC and Detective Cameron head off to, with the flamethrower... Uh, back toward the the uh, uh, sorority house to to deal with things and see what's going on. So as they as they get there, Cynthia is on the front porch with her boyfriend, telling about, "Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't going to go to the dance with you." But you've noticed something about him when he came to the door. He's also uh, been taken over by these things. A little more gray than usual. Yes, uh, eyes widened over, zombie style. But it's funny because he just stands at the door waiting for her to come out. She grabs her hand, his hand like they're going to go for a walk. They sit on the porch, and as she's spilling her guts out to him, not looking at him, these little slugs are falling out of his mouth. And the, the funny, because you hear the little like plop sound out of his mouth. And, what a lovely and, gift. Yes. So as, the, as those are falling out, Chris and the detective roll up and he yells at Cynthia to get out of the way as as more of these things are coming up. 
They shoot him with a 12-gauge, and then Chris follows up with the flamethrower and sets him on fire. They taking care of that particular one. As they are are settling into to dealing with that, they turn around and realize all these other zombies are now walking toward the sorority house. They all run inside, and Detective Cameron, again, with one of the, the best lines, I think, period, and, and heck, even I know people that use this line now for for random things. It doesn't always fit, but that it does uh, uh, does work well. I'm sorry. I didn't know that it was... Here, hold this. You feel better. As Chris Holt hands her a 12-gauge shotgun, by the way. I'd feel better. <laughs> Seeing all the other zombies... That's some great makeup work. I got good news and bad news, girls. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. And yes, that is a, a great line as they're all coming up toward the house, some missing limbs, some missing their face. Um, just kind of uh, kind of all the good stuff. So they're all the Chris and his his caller girlfriend outside. She's got the twelve gauge, he's got the flamethrower, they're shooting, blowing up the heads, he's frying them. Well actually we cut back um, from that wonderful line and they have swapped weapons. They just had to take the Yeah, time in the two that. seconds that they cut from inside now yeah, now she temporarily has the flamethrower. Yeah, that age. So as inside more of the the uh, possessed zombified college kids are breaking into the sorority and this this is definitely in the 80s line for sure and, and of course anybody that grew up in the 80s early 90s will will know this this line and we've all used it at some point but this is as the zombies are breaking in the house detective cameron with another one of his great lines you lock those doors Miller time. Yes, it's Miller time as he shoots the zombie in the head, splits his uh, skull apart, and the the uh, zombie slugs go all over the place. And Detective Cameron, being the guy he is, instead of um, pushing her out of the way, he throws her to the ground. <laughs> Pushes her from the top of her head, tells her to duck, and then also after he shoots the head, grabs uh, again, because it's it's Aquanet hairspray in the 80s, how flammable that crap was, had a cigarette in his hand and set all these things on fire. So Good thing he's a chronic smoker. Yes, so... They're fighting the zombies in the house. Uh, he, they do a great shot, and they, in the the making of, they put him on a turntable. He's in the middle of this room. They're spinning him around, just shooting at everything. Uh, Chris and his girlfriend are fighting the ones outside. They finally have to duck in the dumbest ass place you would ever go. I don't care how stupid of a horror movie this is. They put them in a lawn shed. Like a next, three foot long yeah head. next to the house and I actually had when they shot the movie that scene wasn't initially in it the initial screenings they did the ending was cut together before that and they thought it was there wasn't enough action so they actually these scenes were all shot later they had to bring them back to do it 
So they're I don't in think a, these characters are dumb enough. We gotta throw them in a shed. Yeah, we we need we need more action. We'll we'll put them in the dumbest place we could think of. But they put them in the shed. The zombies are breaking through. They shove the flamethrower on one per, one of the, its mouths and blow him up. Uh, uh, the girl gets drug out one side, so she gets out of the way just in time as Chris fires up a lawnmower and mows one right in the face. There's some good kills though. They're really well done. Good, fun, creative ways to uh, to kill the things. Then they realize as they that things have settled down a tad uh, as, as they've killed some of these. They see all the the creeps going into the basement window of this place, and she realizes that. Er, er, and earlier in the film, one of her friends said they were storing brains, human brains, down there for a science class. You know, one you have labs all over campus. Why the hell would you have to take those home? Yeah, and they have a cryogenics lab. Why not put the brains on ice there? There's all kinds of different ways this could work, but instead, yeah, the the just jars of brains in the basement. basement. So, as as uh, Chris and Cynthia head down the stairs, they find Detective Cameron throwing uh, gasoline all over the place as they pan to the corner. And there's piles and piles and piles of these things all over. Uh, it really is nasty. You can see them wriggling and falling out some, of the mass. Some it's, great special ugh. effects, honestly, for, for all practical effects in 86. So practical effects I enjoy so much more than, than CGI and all that because it's just done well. The newer stuff, they just don't do a lot of that because they can, if they can do it by computer, it saves time. But the, the old horror movie, just the practical effects are really good. So Detective Cameron's pouring gasoline everywhere. He tells them to get out of the house. Uh, as he's counting down, they start counting down as they're running away. He, of course, he has turned on the gas valve also uh, down in the basement, counts down and lights it as you see all these uh, creeps flying toward him. The whole house explodes. And we get what is unfortunately the final thrill me coming from what's his name. Yes, Detective Cameron with the final thrill me before he blows up. The house blows up. Everything is good. Uh Chris and her are on the in the front lawn, of course. Now they start making out like it's all kind of said and done. The cops are rolling up. Everybody's kind of freaking out. As we'd see Detective Cameron walking down the road, smoking. Not just a cigarette, but he's entirely smoking. He's basically burnt up. The Some of the creeps got into him and kept him going while uh, being a burnt hot dog. Because that's what he looked like on the screen. <laughs> it's so disappointing. We could have had a great zombie voice say, thrill me. Come yes. on, guys. But Step it up. But what's funny is he's still, if you look at him, he's still smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> while completely smoking. He falls over, his head splits open, and you see all the creeps head into a cemetery. And then as, as you see that, the music plays... A spotlight shows on on some of the the headstones. It moves around, and then it pans. It comes into frame. The alien spaceship from the beginning of the movie, looking around. Whew! Close one. We got those naked aliens to clean it up. I was hoping they'd have showed them running through the cemetery because that'd have been little <laughs> little dwarf alien butts. Just a bunch of gremlins running around. But what's funny is that was not the original ending to the movie. They the Original ending, which if you saw it on VHS early on or other things, 
was the theater, which no one did. Yeah, because there wasn't. It was only what they say, like less than three hundred screens, I think, nationwide. So, the original ending, uh, after uh, Chris and Cynthia get done making out, they look down and the dogs run up. She leans down to pet it, and it's the zombie dog. And guess what happens? Slug pops right out of the mouth. Yep, and that's where the movie ends. But a lot of people that saw that, including the the d- director, decided, you know what, we we don't like because they just fought and made all this, did all this killing and stuff for no reason at all. Because up oh, there's the dog, and because like everything else, all the other people that had been affected by the the creeps, their heads exploded after a little while when they died. The dog should have had the same thing happen. No, it just because keeps when the around. when the bus the bus crashed. The dog went into the bus to infect everybody else. That's where he should have died. So that yeah. was part of the complaint. So yeah, so they threw the alien ship back in with the cemetery scene, which I actually like better. Uh, we will. Here's the the official, the all the thrillmies. Again, we expected actually a lot more. Uh, yeah, but disappointingly there's only, few. Yes, for for that being his tagline. Like I said, Tom Atkins loved the character, loved having that, and uh, people today still when they do have done uh, reunions, things like that, come up wearing Thrill Me shirts and all kinds. And he said at one point, too, he ran into a woman. Him was on. So hey, here's do it. The, the Thrill Me breakdowns here. Thrill Me. Thrill Me. Thrill Me. Thrill me. And yes, that is all the thrill me's in the movie. So now you can you can use that tagline in your daily life. You pick up the phone at work, somebody comes up to ask you a question, you just go, thrill me. See what see what they say. Some of the other uh trivia things like that from uh Night of the Creeps in the, the scene where JC is taken by the slugs, if you look quickly on the wall, you'll see Go Monster Squad written on the wall. And Lord, could we have used them. Yes. They would have probably found a way to kill these things. Uh, like I said, Monster Squad came out the following year in 1987, also directed by Fred Decker. Um, Tom Atkins, as we said, his favorite movie of uh, that he's done uh, was used as a... Some of the, ce- the scenes were shot in an old Woolworths department store. Roger Corman who's a director-producer. That was the name of the university where those took place was Corman University. The, uh, like I said, the tool shed sequence was added later because test audiences were just didn't think there was enough zombie fighting action at the end of the movie. I, I'm okay with that. Um, I just feel like it's weird that they are dumb for a second. They even added the, uh, there's a scene too when, when Cameron's on in the basement about setting anything on fire, a slug flies over and he grabs it out of midair and, and crushes it. So um, it's, uh, over, it's a, again, a really good good movie. He, um, Fred Decker wrote it. Shane Black was uh, helped screenwrite it as well. So Black also wrote uh, Lethal Weapon. So a lot of these 
guys have gone on to do big things or we're just starting to do big things. Tom Atkins even too, at one point when he walks up to the, the sorority house late in the movie, he stops to smell a flower. Um, so it's, it, it's just such a fun, crazy movie. You, you've got to go check it out. It's available on most of the streaming services. Some you may have to, to uh, uh, pay for, but highly recommend it. And it is... Uh, um, Fred Decker basically said he included every B-movie cliche he could put in the movie. Which is why the weird gremlin butt aliens are running around. Yes, and even at one point when uh, Cameron walks into the science lab, uh, he says, is this, is this a murder scene or a bad B-movie? And, it's and an amazing quote. That is one of the great lines of this. So, um, again, uh, uh, just a fun... It is a little gory if, if you've got kids want to watch it with them, but but it's just a fun one to get hooked on. Go check it out. Uh, we got some other fun movies coming out, and we're going to try, since we're getting into the holidays, try and do some Christmas-related horror movies. And then also coming soon, we're going to do be two podcasts, but it'll be very much related. Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead Part 2. So uh, a lot of good fun stuff coming up. Hopefully you you uh, like it. Feel free to uh, give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite uh, podcast listing source. Put in some comments if there's certain movies you want us to cover. We will gladly do it. And if we've learned anything from this lovely episode is that the true creeps were the pervert zombies we met along the way. That is very, very true. Doc Noise, Mr. E, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next time. The Scary Noises Podcast.